Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We're glad that you're tuning in with us today. Stay tuned for today's message. Enjoy, and God bless. I'm excited, and I know why I'm excited, because you guys get a special treat, because this is the first time in four years that I've stood behind a pulpit, but I promise I won't keep you but five or six hours. <laughs> Some of y'all get that later, because that didn't sound like y'all got that, but that's all right. <laughs> I won't do that. I'm just kidding. There are two things here that I know to stuff, and I, I'm excited about this. Number one, right now, I need you. If you guys haven't signed up, y'all need to sign up today. We're signed up for our family, and I'm already watching things on Right Now Media. It's awesome. A lot of tools, a lot of information, a lot of things that you can pick up on, and they've got videos uh, and series covering almost anything you can think of. So you haven't signed up for it, sign up for it. It's free, guys. Come on. You, you, can't, get, you can't get cheaper than that, can you? Come on. Free, right? Come on. And the second thing is South Huntsville, I don't know about y'all, but I'm excited about that. Come on. The Flush Horse Lounge, right? A place where ungodliness took place. Let's just go ahead and admit it, okay? I never was there, and I wasn't old enough to go when it was open, but I know a lot of people have, okay? But you know what? The Lord redeemed a place that once served the enemy and has now brought it into the kingdom to begin to hold and to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus. I don't care who you are, that's good news. Come on, don't get quiet on me. I'm not going to be quiet. You shouldn't either. If I'm going to have fun, you might as well have fun too. <laughs> right? All right. Well, we're going to be talking today. You can get your Bibles ready. We're going to be in Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to start at verse 11, go through verse 16. I'm going to be reading out of a slightly different translation other than what the brother will probably have up here. Um, my, my Bible software had an older translation called the Weymouth New Testament, and it just kind of reads some things that I like. So that's where I'm going with it. But I didn't figure they'd have it, so I told him just to put whatever version up here. So it may be a little different when I read, but there you go, okay? I tell you what, let's pray. Can we pray? I like to pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for the day, for the opportunity, for the moment. Lord, I cannot do this by myself. I must have your anointing. Your word is what's important. It isn't what I think. It isn't about my opinions. What matters is what you say. Lord, Peter said, speak as an oracle of God. That's all I care about doing today. I want to be able to speak as an oracle of God. Lord, just as one to whom you put words in and utter what you say. I want to be like my Lord today. I don't want to do anything of myself. I want to do exactly what I see and hear you doing and saying. Because your word delivers, your word saves, your word heals. It's your word. It's always been about you. It's never been about anything else. So, Lord, we commit this morning to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now, let me tell you something very quickly about me so that you understand, okay? First off, I have absolutely no ego whatsoever. If while I'm preaching, you feel like shouting, you will not disturb me. 
if you want to get up and run, you won't disturb me. Now, listen, I'm old enough. I come from some of the older holiness kind of things, okay, where the little ladies got up, stomped their feet, shook their hairs, and had bobby pins. Y'all remember what bobby pins are? Yeah, they didn't have bobby pins by the time they got done, but they had bobby pins when they started, all right? So I'm just, I don't care. If you want to get up and run, you run. If you want to cry, you cry. You will not disturb me. And if I have to be silent to let you respond to the word of the Lord, I don't care. Matter of fact, I might just have fun with you anyway. Okay? So I, there's complete freedom. I want you to understand that. And as far for me, if for whatever reason you feel the need to come up here at the altar while I'm preaching, you are not going to disturb me either. Listen, God's not disturbed. The Holy Spirit is not disturbed if you shout, dance, scream, holler, cry, and he most certainly isn't disturbed if you want to get on your knees and pray. Why should I be disturbed? I ain't got no dog in that fight. That belongs to the Lord. Amen? I told you guys, don't get quiet on me. Come on. Come on. It's okay to get excited. It's okay to get a little happy because I'm going to get happy. You might as well get happy with me. I'm telling you. We're going to have fun. All right. Let's read this. Ephesians 4. We're going to start at verse 11. Like I said, I'm reading out of a slightly different translation here, but be patient, okay? And he himself, talking about the Lord Jesus, appointed some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers, in order fully to equip his people for the work of serving, for the building up of Christ's body, till we all of us arrive at oneness in faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and at mature manhood and at the stature of the full-grown men in Christ. So shall we no longer be babes, nor shall we resemble mariners tossed on the waves and carried about with every changing wind of doctrine according to men's cleverness and unscrupulous cunning, making use of every shifting device to mislead. But we shall lovingly hold to the truth and shall in all respects grow up in the union with him who is our head, even Christ. Dependent on him, the whole body, its various parts closely fitting and firmly adhering to one another, grows by the aid of every contributory link. Joint, most translations say, with power proportioned to the need of each individual part so as to build itself up in a spirit of love. You know, you almost don't even really have to add anything to that. I mean, that's that's really just how powerful that is, right? All right, I'm going to start this off a little different. Pastor Huey was very gracious. He sent me his notes. He said, use what you want to use. Use them all. It doesn't make a difference. Of course, make it your own. And so I did. I've actually used some of his stuff. But he started off a little different than what I'm going to start off with because I think this is very important, okay? Now, I'm going to speak in human terms for a moment just for a minute, all right? The things that we do in this world, the, 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 the uh, circumstances we go through, a lot of things that we see that we may happen upon, you know, you just kind of happen to be there, right? And, and it's, everything seems to be a coincidence. Just the other day, I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about, right? Driving down the road, going to work, Gene, right? Going to work, get behind the guy driving a Porsche. It's a convertible. It's sweet. Yeah, I like that car. It had a little bit of black trim, but here's the thing. Everything else from headlights to tail lamp is clean. It's like looking in a mirror, right? Now, you know, I mean, just speaking at it, see, I came home and said, man, I wish you could have been there. Now, see, that's how we do things in the world, right? Wish you could have been there, just happened to be there. Could have been anywhere else at the moment. Two minutes later, and I would have missed seeing that car. But I had a chance to pull up beside the old boy. Looked over, see my car reflecting off that chrome. I said, man, that is the prettiest thing I've ever seen. He said, thank you. He said, but it tends to cause wrecks because people try taking pictures and end up running into something else along the way. I don't think they've hit him, but they end up hitting something else. How y'all should have seen it? All right, now listen to me. 
What we do in the world that seems to be an accident and a coincidence in the kingdom, what we see and what we observe in the kingdom is not an accident. What we see in the kingdom, we see because God has done it that way. He has turned our face and opened our eyes so that we may witness a thing of heaven and see his kingdom in motion and seeing it be demonstrated, he wants us to be a part that is done deliberately. There are no happenstances in the kingdom. Okay? So I want you to see that. Now, one of the things here lately that has been happening, it's been happening in the news, it's all over the country, and that is a thing of disunity. Everybody's separated, whether it's income, skin color, ethnicity, culture, religion, politics, doesn't make any difference. That's all anybody wants to talk about is how separated we are. Okay? And I think that God has drawn our attention, particularly here at Restoration, drawn our attention to that because in the kingdom, that has no power. Now, I'm going to let my brother give my brother a chance here. We're going to go. I mean, give me a couple of minutes. Hey, Pastor. Hey, Pastor. Come on up here. There we go. In Galatians 3, look at verses 26 through 29. The Lord begins to speak into this. Paul, speaking by the Holy Spirit. Listen, verse 26 says this. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Who's all? All's all, last time I looked. That's pretty much everybody. That kind of covers the whole spectrum, right? Listen, for all of you who have been baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. In Him, the distinctions between Jew and Gentile, that is your culture, your ethnicity, your skin color, everything to do with the outside of who you are, right? Say yes and amen. Come on. That has everything to do. I don't care how you want to label it. Jew and Gentile, that is everything on the outside of me. That's the culture I grew up in. Place where I come from. Brother Onesimo, Colombia, right? From Colombia. My wife is from the Philippines. Others of you may be down the road. You may be a few states away. It doesn't make any difference. Things are different. But in the Lord, that doesn't matter. Listen, slave and free. That's your social status. God doesn't care how much money you make or don't make. It doesn't make any difference if you're poor or rich. Male and female. Now, Pastor Yuri preached a message not too long back on women in ministry. Did he not? What does the Bible say here? In him, the distinctions between male and female. Did you know your gender does not matter to the Lord whatsoever? It's amazing, isn't it? We seem to care about these things. We seem to care about whether somebody is this or that or the other. We seem to care about whether somebody has or has not, right? We seem to care about whether you're male or female, but apparently in the Lord Jesus, these distinctions disappear. That's how Weymouth puts it. They disappear. You are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are indeed true descendants of Abraham and are heirs in fulfillment of the promise. So I want you to understand today, before we even really launch deep into this, I want you to understand and listen to my words right now. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't care who you are, where you're from. I don't care if you're from halfway across the world. 
I don't care if you're from up north. God loves Yankees too. doesn't matter. What matters is one thing. Are you in the Lord Jesus? And if you're in the Lord Jesus, everything else disappears. It's all covered and hidden, gene in the blood. Every bit of it, it makes no difference. Now, I'm, I'm telling you, I think that it's time we get over this. It's time that we move past it. I want you to understand that one of the hardest things for anybody to ever do is to live above the culture they've grown up in. Okay, I've been raised in the South. I'm Alabama born and bred. I know you ain't telling me anything about Alabama. I don't already know, guys. Okay, I remember growing up as a kid, and I remember KKK meetings down the road, and I remember all the trouble and all the strife that was stirred up by all a lot of things. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it takes something when you walk in the Lord Jesus to rise above the culture you've been in and to lay down aside hates and prejudices, uh, prejudices and biases and bigotry and whatever. It takes, it takes a lot to rise above the culture you've been raised in and to walk in kingdom. Because the kingdom of heaven is not like the, ki the, the kingdom of the earth. It is absolutely and so completely different. And why do I know it's different? Because in the Lord Jesus, everything that I think is important, every partition that has been set up, all of a sudden is gone in the blood of Jesus. It's gone. It takes something to live at a point where thoughts, values, and morals transcend those of the general society around them. By this, the Lord Jesus said, They'll know you're mine, that you love one another as I have loved you. How much did Jesus love us? He died. He gave himself up for us. Is that right? Yeah. All that we say, all that we are, and all that we do are at complete odds with the society around us. There's no place like the church, guys. There is no place like the body of Christ. None. And we got to walk in unity. We got to walk in unity. And I got to figure out which way to go up and down on this page. Y'all probably know what I mean. <laughs> you know, you, you, you pull down on the page, Gene, and the page goes up. Now, what kind of sense does that make? I'm not flying an airplane. When I go down, I want to go down. Thank you, Lord. There is no other entity outside the church. If I can use that term, where people of every nation, tongue, and kindred find solace, safety, and salvation, where each has a purpose and a part, and where purpose and part all stand equal with one another. Just as the eye, the hand, and the foot, and just to be funny, your liver, stand in equal necessity within my body. And I'm telling you that when you read the text in Ephesians, you better understand that the Lord didn't put any partitions in the garden. The eye cannot say to the foot, I have no need of you. Right? I need my feet to carry me somewhere. Because my eye sure ain't. It can see a distance, but it won't get me there. Right? I need my hands to feed me because i got to have strength to get to where I want to go. Yeah, I've seen people eat with their feet, by the way, if they didn't have any hands. I've seen them reach and grab with, but I'm just telling you, that's hard to do. And I'm not flexible enough to do it. If I lost my hands, somebody's going to have to feed me because my foot ain't going to reach my mouth. <laughs> I'm just telling you, that's just, woo, mm -mm, I don't know how anybody does that. All right. Let's go back to verses 12 and 13. In order to fully to equip his people for the work of service, 
the building up of Christ's body till we all arrive at oneness of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God at mature manhood and the stature of full-grown men in Christ. This is the purpose, the ministry of those that are called to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He gave that command. There is a leadership within the body. Now, I'm going to tell you, I'm one of these guys, I don't like using the term laity. I don't like leadership and laity. I hate using that because that, to me, is, it's error, okay? There's no me as the preacher and you as laity. We are all ministers in the kingdom. We are all a kingdom of priests under the Lord. Am I right about that? Okay, see, we all belong to that. We all do that. But in the way the Lord has established some things, there are people who lead. Apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers. And I know I didn't say that right, but that's okay. We got it. I, that, that's kind of the way everybody wants to say it anyway. It's habit. You know, but that's, that is the leadership the Lord established in the church, and he established those to equip the saints to do the work of service. Right? Okay. I think this is very important. God commands this fivefold ministry to provide the saints with what they need for the work of service. That's what equip is. We give you what you need so that you can go do what God has called you to do, what God has purposed for you to do. And everybody has a part. Now, I'm not just talking about the local congregation, and I'll touch on this here in a little bit later. It, it's more than just about being an usher. It's more about just having a tag on your shirt that says, Welcome to Restoration, I'm so-and-so. Th those things are important, don't misunderstand. But I'm talking about the body corporate. I'm talking about the body in general, and everybody has a part. Everybody has a part, okay? Listen, I only have one stomach. That's the only one I need. But I need the one I've got, right? Somebody's a tummy. Somebody's a stomach. Somebody, I'm going to go back. I told you I'm, I'm going to be a little funny here. Somebody's a liver. Somebody's a pancreas. Somebody has got to do these works. They need to be done, okay? Somebody's an eye. Somebody's a hand. Somebody's a foot. Somebody's a finger. Somebody's an elbow. Somebody's a shoulder. But we all have a part in the kingdom. And the Lord established these groups of men and women called to fill those spots. Whether you want to call them gifts or whether you want to call them ministry, I don't care. Really, I don't. It doesn't matter to me. That's irrelevant. What's important is that we recognize that God has established these people to equip the saints. Okay? Now, I know the general tendency has in church history, we've kind of eliminated some. We've kind of pushed apostle and prophet off by the way. Evangelist is the guy that comes and does revivals, you know, in spring and fall when the weather's just right and people feel like getting out. Yeah, y'all, come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I told y'all I'm from Long War. I come from way back now. I know about camp meetings and arbor meetings. I've been out there swatting flies and trying to fan myself, sitting on old, uh, old, old split rail pew and whatever else. You fan yourself trying to listen to the guy, and you're hot, and all you want to do is really go home and pass out. We kind of laid some of those things by the wayside, but I'm telling you, the Lord established, and he didn't, he didn't get rid of any of them. Now, i got to say that first, okay? He didn't get rid of any of them. And I know most of y'all are in agreement with me on that. But you need to understand, if you go back another chapter there in Ephesians, it says that the church is built upon apostles and prophets, Jesus being the cornerstone. Right? And then here in this chapter, he adds the others, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Those things are important. Now, I have my own opinions as to what those functions those guys are. I'm not getting into that because that's not the purpose of the day. If you want to know, you can ask me after service. I'll be glad to tell you. I have many great and varied wonderful opinions. I'm glad to share with anybody that asked me, okay? I'm, I'm, 
Now, this is what I believe you have a right to expect of those like me, like Pastor Huey, and others who feel a part of this trifold. I believe that you have the right to expect that we ought to labor to build an environment where word and spirit flow together. Where holy pursuit is exampled and encouraged. And where individual giftings and callings are recognized and supported through prayer and investment of time. Now, I told you Brother Hughes, matter of fact, he's one of the few ministers I've known in my life. At least I grew up in a time where if a preacher came, you'd have an easier time getting him to Fort Knox than you would looking at his notes because he kept them like almost up in lock and key, okay? And Pastor Huey's one of those few guys that I've known that just openly shared what his, what his deal was. And I, I, I wrote some of it, I copied some of it here. So I told you, I see, I still haven't got you saved yet. Praise, praise him. Here it is. This is what Pastor Huey shared in his notes. Pastor Huey, when the five-fold ministry gifts are functioning at high capacity, not only are the needs of the individuals met, but also the needs of the body will be met as men and women in their church take their individual places of responsibility. It is our responsibility to come alongside them and edify them, to build them up. As five-fold ministers, we must always be careful of our words as well as our motives. When we make the ministry about us instead of about others, we've just violated a basic component of leadership. As leaders, we're to help God's children see and understand the best about themselves and about the church. We work to establish in the hearts of God's people that which is divine, the love of God, the hope of all things, and the knowledge that Jesus is Lord over all. And this is the way he ended it off. So let's stop tearing one another down with our words or our actions. And you have a right to expect that of us. Apostle Paul, right? Don't everybody want to be a leader because we have the greater condemnation because of that which God has called us to and that which we walk in. Right? I'm just telling you. And by the way, guys, the pulpit is easy. You know what's hard? What's hard is when you're looking at one person dealing with one issue and you need to know what God says about it because their faith their life, maybe even their soul, hangs on the balance of what you feel where God is concerned. And it's our responsibility as those of us in, in leadership to help you be equipped to know how to hear from heaven, to walk in the power that's given. That's important. Now, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to follow along with what he says. The individual members of Restoration Church as well as members of the body corporate have a right to demand that the five-fold gifts, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, provide you with doctrine without dilution, reproof without error, correction without criticism, and instruction without hypocrisy. My brother, if you get a chance, 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 and 17 Y'all know this one. This one's easy. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's God-breathed. And is useful for teaching. That's doctrine. For convincing. That's what reproof means. It's an apologetic term. Right? 
The Apostle Paul said, Be ready to give an answer to every man that asks of you the hope that lives within you of the faith that is in Christ Jesus. Reprove, convincing, for correction of error and for instruction in right doing, so that, listen, the man of God may himself be complete and may be perfectly equipped for every good work. And you have the right to expect that whoever stands behind this pulpit, number one, holds this place, this position, as inviolate because we recognize it has been established by God and our responsibility is under Him. We ought to speak as the Holy Spirit gives utterance and nothing else. Not one thing. There is nothing else that matters except what God says and what God thinks. I was joking. I do have many opinions about many things, but when I stand here, my opinions do not matter because there is not one thing I can say that would deliver you from any bondage you're in right now. There is not one word I can utter that would deliver you from any sickness you may be having right now. There is not one thing that I can say to you that will lift you up out of sin and set your feet on a solid rock. My word has absolutely no power, but His word has power. His word breaks. His word delivers. His word heals. His word establishes. And what his word establishes cannot fail or fall. Thank you, Jesus. And you have a right. I'm telling you, you have a right. An earnest expectation that comes forth to expect that those of us who stand here have spent time with the Lord and know what God is saying. And when we hear and begin to speak, give you doctrine that is not diluted. You need an honest, you listen, you need to honestly know what God says about a thing. Romans 10, 17. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Here's the Greek. My unshakable confidence in knowing comes when I understand, here, when I understand what God says about something. You will not have faith until you know what God says. And a part of what that fivefold ministry does is to give you what God says so that you have faith. And then when you step out to walk after the Lord, you have a strong faith and are able then to utter the word of God and to stand against the enemy and to stand against the devil and cast down strongholds and rise up in power against the enemy and take the battle to him instead of sitting around here. I don't even know what we're doing nowadays. I haven't figured that one out yet. We're not really waving a white flag, but I feel like we're kind of holed up, Gene. We've kind of put ourselves into the four walls, and we're under siege right now. And I'm telling you, it's time we come out. It's time we lower the gate and bring out. Because I'm telling you that where the Lord is concerned, one can put a thousand, two to ten thousand. And I'm telling you, when you turn loose to everybody, we ought to be able to take it. Because the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. It cannot prevail. I'm telling you, victory is a sure thing when you step out in the word of the Lord. And you have a right to know that those things which we tell you come from heaven. You want to know why? Because if I tell you something didn't come from heaven and you believe me and trust me and then you go out and do it, I'm going to tell you exactly what will happen. It might work here, but it won't work here. And then your faith is muddled and confused. Because now you're trying to apply what I said. And you have a right to expect that what I say comes from heaven. You have a right to expect that what we teach you from here gives you the ability to go and make arguments against the world. Now I know argument has a bad connotation nowadays because we think, well, I don't argue with anybody. Because you have contention in mind rather than arguing. 
you have just people just sitting around hollering at each other. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that exchange of ideas whereby they say this and we go, the Lord says this. And in doing so, the power of the Spirit overrides the air and begins to put truth in their hearts to open their eyes that they may see the goodness of the Lord and, bring, and be brought to repentance. Y'all get tired of me. Correction without criticism. I have been under pastors who, in the past, unfortunately, and I'm, I'm just, it, it's one of those things. You, you, you couldn't do anything. It was hard to, to, if you're in a church service and somebody has a word, whether it's message in tongues, whether it's a prophecy, it doesn't make any difference. It was hard to do anything because those pastors would be hawkeyeing, just you know, I mean, they're right there on top of you, and you almost, you, you can't even breathe right around them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they're, they're just right there they are, and there's an oppression that comes from that kind, okay? That's not leadership, by the way. That's authoritarianism, but it's not leadership, okay? The Lord said if you want to be a leader, you want to be great, what do you have to do? Oh, y'all got that. Y'all know that verse, too. That's awesome. I, I'm, listen, he girded himself with a towel and got down and washed feet. And he said, hey, if you want to be great, wash feet too. Because that's what real ministry is. That's what real leadership is. Real leadership is reaching into the heart of somebody and pulling out what God put in them, their talents, their skills, everything, helping them to understand their calling, their purpose, their call. To make investments, and I'm talking about serious investments in them, until you see it come to blossom. And then giving them encouragement. Go, go, and grow, right? All right. I hate old school sometimes. My internet tablet is gone. It's going to bother my son. It won't last but about 10 minutes, Dad. Ten years ain't long enough. Don't have to go with my laptop. Now, I want to say this again so there's no misunderstanding. There is no division of labor in the body of Christ. There's no preachers and laity. There's no guys in the pulpit and people in the pews. There's only the body. And each of us are a member of that body. Each of us are charged with the purpose of Christ and the work of Christ. Matthew 28, go ye therefore into all the world, make disciples. Uh, that wasn't just given to preachers. That was given to everybody. 2 Corinthians 5.18, it is as though we receive, says we receive the ministry of reconciliation, so it is though God is speaking through us, calling the world to him in Christ Jesus. And one of my favorite books, Hebrews, chapter 10, 24 through 25. Let us labor, therefore, to find all kinds of ways, it says, to encourage one another in love and good works. We didn't stop there. Okay. This is the old me coming out. All right. I told you, I'm from way back. The rest of that text says this. 
It says, and do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but encourage and exhort one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now, I don't mean to step on anybody's toes, and please don't get mad at me, but I want you to hear me right now. This is important. No, listen. This right now, what we're doing right now is important. Because this is a moment where the body comes together, not only to hear a word from the Lord, to know what God is doing and what direction He's taking so that we know how to follow hard after Him in the week that comes after, that six days that comes after the day. Because this is the first day of the week, remember. This is not the end of the week. It's the end of your work week, maybe, but it ain't the end of the week. It's the first day of the week, all right? And we give first fruits to the Lord because when we give first fruits to the Lord, everything else that follows is blessed by God. So I'm giving the Lord first day of my week because I want my other six to be blessed, okay? So I'm telling you right now that this first day of the week and meeting together and exhorting one another and praying over one another and finding out what needs we have and knowing how to touch them and speaking the Word of God into each other's lives is extremely important. I got some of y'all anyway, okay? I got some of you. I, listen, I, I'm just telling you, church is not a tradition. The church is the body of Christ. And the body of Christ comes and meets in a building, and we have a meeting here. This is a meeting. It's not church. We're having a meeting right now. We're in a corporate way. We're finding out what God wants to do, and we're spending time with one another to how to minister to each other. That's what we all do, not just preachers. That's what we all do, Right? And we all have that responsibility. We have that which goes to the world. We go and we make disciples. And then we come here and we spend time with each other, encouraging one another in the Lord. Not socializing. And I'm guilty of this, so what I'm about to say, y'all can come up and slap my face later because it, it, would, it would be perfectly appropriate. But I'm telling you, I think we need to spend less time talking about the football game the day before and more time when we walk into this place spending time encouraging one another in the Lord Jesus. I, I'm, I'm just being honest, okay? And I, and I know, hey, what's going on? Did you see the ball? No, I didn't. You know what? Really, none of that really matters at the moment. We need to learn to put proper priorities where priorities belong. And I'm telling you, when we come together, body corporate, we need to spend some time talking with each other. I understand you got healed. Is that right? You, you got healed? No? Oh, she got healed. Okay. See, she got, you know why she got healed? Because the body found out she had a need and they prayed over her and she got healed. <laughs> that's what we do. See, that's what we do. See, she came today, first day of the week. She gave this first day to the Lord. We're here with her. When they found out she had a need, they prayed for her, and God responded by healing. It doesn't really make a difference what else you may have. I'm telling you, when you're here, this is perfectly a safe place. This is a wonderful environment. When the brethren is around to be ministered to, that requires you to be praying during the week, by the way. Because I have discovered that when he is Lord here, he's Lord here. When he fills this place, he can fill this place. Y'all get that? Yeah, y'all can use that. Feel free. I won't charge you anything. I, I release all copyright over that one. Y'all can have that. 
got to put in my password. Hang on just a minute. I told you. I think this is important right here. Pastor Huey said this. It's not the sole responsibility of fivefold ministry to fulfill the Great Commission. Jesus gave these gifts, some of the five, to equip the entire body for this task. A task that was carried out when each member sat in the church was functioning as it should. The Restoration Church, listen, I thought this was so good. The Restoration Church will never fulfill its mission if fivefold ministry were and are the only ones carrying it out. It takes all of us working together for God, being led by His Spirit. And by the way, you have expectations for leadership, but leadership has a right to expect some things from the saints who you come and who sit in the pew. Look, I'm one of these guys. I want you to understand something right now, and I'll just say it, and I know it may put me at odds with others, and I don't mean to be. I'm just being honest, okay? I can't speak anybody else's opinion but my own with any real authority because they're mine, all right? So I'm telling you, look, if all we're going to do is try and beg people to come up here and, and do something on Sunday, I don't know about you, but a lot of people work during the week. They're tired at the end of the week, they do not want to come to church and work some more. I'm going to say it again because I know that's tough for some of you because we were raised, some of us, under an old deal where pastors absolutely excoriated and beat and whiplashed their congregation if they didn't get the number of volunteers doing some things that they thought they ought to do and why people wouldn't do such and so forth. But I'm telling you, people work during the week. They live out in the world. They're tired. And when they come to church, they don't want to work anymore. They want to just simply be in the presence of the Lord and spend time with the saints. And with one another, they don't want to work. And besides, if the kingdom of heaven is nothing more than working, I want, I want my wages. <laughs> Somebody owe me something because I've done a lot of work. Listen, I, I'm telling you, in my younger days, in my younger days, in my younger days, I was an associate pastor at a church in Somerville. I literally was in church six days out of the week. Six days out of the week, I was doing something. I got tired. I wore out. I was poor. You understand? And I didn't get paid for it. But I did a lot of work. But the kingdom of heaven is not about work. Listen, the book of Hebrews says that those that have entered into the Lord have entered into his rest. Therefore, let us labor to enter into his rest. Can I tell you that the paradox of the kingdom of heaven is that somehow doing the work of the Lord is rest to you. It is not work. Man, I felt that one down to my toes. I'm telling you that if all you feel you're doing is work, then you are not laboring in the kingdom because kingdom is rest, not work. And I'm sorry, I shot the rabbit. It's dead. I'm good now. But I feel it's necessary to say that, okay, because I'm, you know, if, if that's all we're thinking about in terms of serving the kingdom is whether or not trying to get somebody to be an usher, to be a singer, to be a musician, or whatever else, then we've missed it, and we're going to have nothing but frustration. But as a, listen, as one that steps in leadership, 
because I'm an evangelist. Okay, as one that does that, I have a right to expect that you have spent time with the Lord during the week, that you've opened your Bible more than the one time from last Sunday or maybe twice on Wednesday if you came on Wednesday night, that you have talked to the Lord, spent time with the Lord. And when you enter in on Sunday, when you come together for that first day of the week, you come in prayed up and ready. Your heart is filled with worship. You've got a song. I'm just telling you guys, I have a right to expect that you come ready and prepared to enter into worship and enter into ministry and enter into serving while you're here. Touching each other's lives. Matter of fact, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go say this. I, and again, this is my personal opinion, I, and I'm telling you it's my opinion so that you understand it's mine. You can take it, chew it up, spit it out, do with it what you want to. I'm just telling you what I'm thinking. Church, what we're doing. This meeting right here is not made for sinners. This is for the body. Now, can you bring somebody lost? Absolutely. Bring them. Please bring them. Let them see what the church is really like. Let them see how the body ministers to itself. Let them see what the word of the Lord does. Let them feel the presence of the Most High. Let them know exactly what the anointing is. And let them hear the word of love. And let them seeing us love on one another the way Christ loved us. Bring them. But I'm telling you, you need to understand that what happens in here really isn't about them. It's for us. And if you bring somebody lost hoping that either me or Pastor Huey or someone else or this brother right here will somehow do something to entertain them to a certain level, would they will be moved? Mm -mm. Because that's your job. See, those lost friends are your lost friends. That lost family member is your lost family member. Don't you need to be speaking the word to them? You know them at work or some don't you need to be telling Jesus to them what are you doing? What are you doing? Awkward. <laughs> I'm thinking about doing something with a laptop. Let me go in and let me pull this down here for you. Ushers and singers and musicians and Sunday school teachers and leaders, we ought to be sought after. And I want you to understand that when you pray for one another, when you pray for strangers in Walmart and Hobby Lobby, which is where we work, Gene and I and, and, and his wife, Angela. As a matter of fact, I work with Sister Angela back there. Uh, Y'all can pray for her. But anyway, um, hospitals, gas stations, we're performing service of ministry. The one is good, and, and listen, if you have time and you can help, please help out, right? They talked about love out loud, and I, I, and I admit my own deal here because most of the time I actually leave over in Madison after the second worship service, so I, I have continued to, frankly, forget about filling out, but I'm fixing to fill out the paperwork so that I can be somewhere on love out loud on some team somewhere. Okay, listen, some of you... When Love Out Loud Sunday comes, you don't show up because you go, well, they're not having church service. You would be here otherwise. Well, excuse me. Go ahead and come on anyway. Fill out the paperwork. I'm telling you, you'll get to go.
go do something, you'll get to experience ministry, talking with people, sharing the gospel. You know what? Just doing something that helps somebody that says the church actually cares and is a part of the community and that we're not some secret society like the Masonic Lodge hanging out somewhere, closing our doors, and nobody can see inside because we hold mysteries. Excuse me, I'm, I'm sorry, I know I'm fine. some of you may be mad, but I don't mean to. I'm, what I'm saying is, is that it's time that we could treat ourselves like we're a closed door society. No, we're not. We live in a community, man. There's people all around us, and they all have hurts, they all have needs, they all have wants. They all, some of them are lost, not only just lost as far as God and Christ being concerned and needing salvation. Some of them are lost. They love the Lord, but they have no direction and no purpose. They don't know where to go or what to do. I know what that feels like. Before I walked in the doors to restoration in Madison, it had been seven, almost eight years. I had been to several other churches. Matter of fact, almost eight by the time I got to that one before I finally found a place I could settle into. And in less than a year, just a few months after I started, it was when I showed up Sister Angela Dollar's office to have a tryout to be on the worship team. Because I finally felt I had a place where I could belong. And I knew the Lord, listen, singing is not my calling, guys. It's not what I've been called to do. But it most certainly is a gifting. And I'm not going to let my gift go to waste, okay? If the Lord thought enough about me for whatever reason to let me sing, then I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it, right? But I finally found a place, sister, where I could belong. And you know what? When I finally found a place where I could belong, I wanted to stay. I wanted to go belong. I wanted, to, I wanted to, to do something. And there are some people who simply don't, they just don't know, where, they don't know where to go. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to belong anymore. And love out loud is a part of our way of stepping into the community and letting them know we do care. That not only Restoration Church personally, but the body corporate, that there are people who are called Christians that actually smile, laugh, <laughs> and help people out. We don't stand back and go, that's wrong, that's wrong, you're wrong. Ooh, that's really bad right there. You're going to go to hell for that for sure. Yeah, see, that's, no. Love Out Loud gives us a chance to very personally enter into someone else's life and to give them the love of the Lord, to share with them an example before them that the church of Jesus is one body and that we care. Do you understand? That's what I'm talking about. If you haven't signed up, sign up. If you were looking at it going, well, I'm not coming because it ain't church day. No, church is going to be, I'm telling you, the body's going to be doing something. Ministry's going to be taking place. And by the way, that's your responsibility because the saints are equipped to do works of service. Says Tom Cooper so. One of the favorite people me and my boys like to listen to is Ken Hoban. If you don't know who Ken Hoban is, he's the founder of Creation Science Evangelism. The YouTube is filled with videos of his, not only debates, but uh, seminar videos that he did. And one of the things he said in one of his deal was, you know, I, I felt the Lord called me into this. I started creating science evangelism to help not only combat evolution, but to share the gospel of Jesus Christ as a way of doing that. And his question was very simple. What are you doing? What are you doing? You know, some of you may need to go start at something like me, but it doesn't make any difference. What are you doing? And if you say, I don't know what to do, find something to do. There's plenty to do. There's plenty of spaces. Okay? I just got, listen, I'm just telling you, you don't have to be called to sing to sing. I'm not. But you may have a gift. 
some of you have a talent for writing. It's your, it's your gifting. You have writing. That doesn't necessarily mean that you need to write a book. Maybe you let somebody else write a book. Some of you have great talent as far as art is concerned. What are you doing? Where are you employing yourself? Ooh, it got real quiet on that one. I'm just simply pointing out that there, these are things. These are things. I don't know what your gifts are. I don't even really know what your calling is. That'll be between you and the Lord. But the question is, what are you doing to step in? Because if 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 me, this brother, Pastor Huey, and others are going to stand here and we're going to speak to you the word of the Lord, it's expected then that you put on that equipment we give you and walk out into the world ready to make war against the enemy in the name of Jesus. Do something. That's the point. Do something. Okay, y'all got quiet then. That's okay. Y'all got to quit letting me talk too long. I'm just going to look at my watch. I promise. I promise. I promise. As a saint's work of service, the body is edified and exercised. So that it grows into maturity both in the faith and in the character of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those are added, the faith is perfected. So that the church adds to the kingdom while also following the Lord and sharing the glory with them that come into contact with it. When you read Luke chapter 4, that's the two things that you pick up real quickly. The Lord Jesus shared the glory and he demonstrated the kingdom. Let me say it again because I need you to get it. The Lord shared the glory and he demonstrated the kingdom. That is our point. Share the glory, demonstrate the kingdom. He said to declare that you were Lord. Now let me put it to you in better terms. We declare and proclaim to you the Lord of our lives. Listen, Remember what Jubilee was? Especially in that 50th year. When Jubilee came, remember? All debts were wiped away. All the land that had been taken was restored. Everything that belonged to whomever was given back again. We proclaim the jubilee year of the Lord. We tell the world through our lives and through our words, saints, are you listening to me? Through the duty we have to the Lord, we proclaim the jubilee that when we step into the rest of the Lord, into the Sabbath of the Lord, all our debts are gone. Well, that sounds like Colossians right there. He wiped away and erased all the debts laid against us. And put to shame every authority and every work that stood against us. He wiped them away. We declare the freedom and jubilee of the Lord. That everything that the enemy took from us through sin. Our slavery that was under sin. It's all gone. And God restores back to us what had been taken. 
we share the glory, we demonstrate the kingdom. Brother Nestor Moore, if you don't mind, can you pray for me? And I'm closing anyway. Thank you guys for your patience, by the way. There really is, and you'll have to pardon me sometimes if I seem to stumble and stumble. There's so much information and so much that I want to say that we would be here really for a long time. Because I'm a man of information. I love information. And I don't mean just the speaking of facts and data. I mean the real giving of information that you can take and do something with that betters you. And there's so much information here, you know, and I'm, I'm having to catch myself Thankfully, with the help of the Holy Spirit, to use my eyes to see properly. I'm just being honest. Y'all can say, yeah, I'm just being I'm an honest man. I'm telling you, listen, I like to share Jesus. Now, I love to talk Jesus with somebody. You know what I'm saying? I really do. I love to share. I, 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 whenever, whenever me and the wife you know, can find people who will do it with us, we'll just, we just love to just meet and just talk Jesus with somebody. We had, we had some, we had a, a they were almost like a second set of parents to us. The, the, the man of the, the couple has went to be with the Lord several years back. Bill Moss was his name. Bill and Carol Moss used to meet with me and my wife, and we would, me and Bill, our wives would fall asleep on the couch, and me and Bill would still be talking to Jesus till 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, and no signs of letting up. We had to make ourselves quit. Okay, I love talking Jesus. All right, don't miss it. There are a lot of things I enjoy in this world. I actually do like football. I don't really keep up with it, but I do like it, okay? I, I, I like fast cars, because Porsches especially, that are made of chrome. I like stuff like that, but I'm telling you that the real love of my heart is Jesus. He's the one thing I really know and the one thing I love to talk about. And I love to talk about him so much I can wear somebody out, so I'm trying to wear you out, okay? I love you guys. Y'all been very good to me. Brother Pastor, Brother Pastor, Brother Huey, Pastor Huey has been very gracious giving me this opportunity. And I appreciate you guys for not fussing when you hear it. Who's coming? Oh, no. I'm teasing. I want to close this way. The Lord Jesus, in the book of Acts, told his disciples, go and tarry in Jerusalem. For you be endued with power from on high. For you receive the promise and gift of the Father. The Holy Spirit. And then a few verses down he says, And after that the Holy Spirit has come on you, you shall receive. And the Greek word is dunamis, from which we get our word dynamo. You shall receive dunamis from heaven to be witnesses for me all over the world. Now, dynamo is a wonderful thing. We don't have anything to compare to it. It's theoretical. It doesn't exist anywhere else other than on a piece of paper and in heaven. Dynamo is an exhaustible eternal power supply. No matter how many things you plug into it, you can't wear it out. No matter whatever demand you put on it, it will always output the power you need. You cannot add power to it to make it more than it was, and you can't pull away so much when it's less than what it is. It's perfect. Now listen. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you will receive a dynamo of heaven. 
You are not Mickey Beckwith, by the way. And if people tell you that, they're lying to you. They don't know any better. And I'll just go ahead and say it. You are not Mickey Beckwith. You are not batteries that God has to charge up. I'm telling you that you're like a bucket submerged in a river. It doesn't make any difference how many holes you got in you. There's way more water around you. So what difference does a few holes make anyway? Come on, guys, get a hold of that. I'm telling you that the Lord Jesus said that when the Holy Spirit comes on you, you shall receive such an influx and an outflow of power that it will overwhelm you, overshadow you, come out of you like a river. It will burst forth from you. You are not a battery waiting to be charged up. You have received the dynamo of heaven. I don't care where the Lord may send you, what demand that you put on the Holy Spirit, what whatever it is, I'm telling you, God will rise to the occasion. No matter what's in front of you. But the Lord Jesus said, tarry. Now here's my point. My point is this, that there was a level of ministry, the apostles and those that were with them. Remember, there was 120, it wasn't just all apostles. That those apostles and disciples did not rise into and walk in until after they had received the Holy Spirit. May I also remind you that the Lord Jesus, when he was baptized by John the baptizer in water, came out. And John the baptizer said, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven and setting on him. We know after that the Lord entered into his dwelling. This is not about if you don't receive the Holy Spirit, you ain't saved. That is not where I'm going with that. What I will tell you is this, and I'm going to make it so simple for you. I wasn't baptized in water because it was anything for my sins or my flesh. There's a difference. And I wasn't baptized in the Holy Spirit because it was anything for my salvation. My Lord was baptized in water, and my Lord was baptized in the Holy Spirit. That is all the reason I need. I walk and follow hard after him. You want a reason to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Because the Lord was. You need a reason? Because he was. And I don't know about you, but I want to be just like him. And that concludes today's message. Thanks again for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church audio podcast. We pray that you have been encouraged and empowered in your journey of following Jesus. If you'd like to learn more about Restoration Church, please visit our website by going to r4sq.org. We pray you have a great week. God bless.